Kia ora Tafano and welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. I'm Stu. And I'm Grace. And we are your hosts. It's lovely to have you. Today we don't have coffee. We ran out of coffee. Because we spent a lot of time on false starts for this podcast and we've actually finished our coffee before getting to the point of recording. So we actually have lemonade. And um, empty coffee cups. And empty coffee cups. Very sad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I just thought I'd share that with you. Thought you should know. Yeah. Have you found us on Instagram yet? Me? Are you asking me or are you asking our listeners? I'm asking our listeners. I know you have. Yeah. It's like rude. Rude. (laughs) Have you, our listeners, found us on Instagram yet? We have a page there which is designed so that you can ask us questions and interact with us. So if you wanted to go looking for it, we're Coffee Time Theology on Instagram. Just a little plug there. Yeah. So what are we talking about this week? Today we're talking about, we're kind of wrestling with a question that came in, a a request. The question is essentially, where's the place for prayer and contemplative practices amongst deconstruction? Mm. Which is a great question. Fantastic question. Um, Because quite often when we look at deconstruction, we sit in that space of the brain. Mm. The thinking, you know? The the thinking The thinking and the reasoning and stuff. You know, the brain, the good brain. Good brain thinking. Good Big brain time. Big brain time. And where's the space for the divine to speak into that? Where's the space for the supernatural and the reflective and the contemplative to sit amongst the big brain thinking? Mm. Where's the space for sitting on the mountaintop where God can speak with a still small voice? Or a fire or an earthquake. Or a fire or an earthquake. But where does that sit amongst the wrestling and the reason and the pulling apart that which has become your construction of faith? Mm Mm-hmm. I guess there's a couple of things, you know, we almost need to define our terms to start with. Yeah. Um, what do we mean when we're talking about deconstruction mm-hmm. and for where this place of prayer and contemplation and God speaking sits in that? What are we saying is deconstruction? It's a word that gets bandied around a lot at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that people like to view it as something negative or scary, but I don't think that it is. I think that it's a natural and wonderful part of a person's life and faith journey, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the process of looking at your worldview and your inherited beliefs and the systems around that and the practices that go with it and examining whether they actually align with truth and if they're still fit for purpose. Mm. And, and deconstruction also, for quite a lot of people, the reason I think that the, the negativity that surrounds it is deconstruction comes out of crisis for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, the reason deconstruction has become more of a term people have been using over the last couple of years is all to do with crisis. Yeah. Right? You've hit a point where you've been like, this has been my life. This has been my belief. This has been my way of being for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. This has been my life. And some crisis has happened. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying. Or I've come up against a worldview that challenges it so much that I can't just sit here and leave my own beliefs unexamined. And so deconstruction can be coming out of a place of my entire worldview has collapsed. You know, Mm -hmm. not a fun space. No. Not a pleasant, carefree experience. It can be a very scary place to be. Yeah. And deconstruction doesn't also have to be that negative. Like you were saying, it's an important part of our faith journey. 
where we can choose to reevaluate, to deconstruct that which has been built up, essentially to find out where the truth and where we sit in it is. Yeah. Rather than it being inherently negative. And it's, it's something that we do about all parts of our worldview, not only about our faith. Like we also, when we become parents for the first time, we examine our ideas about parenting that we inherited from our parents. And if we want to continue with some of the beliefs that they passed on to us or whether we want to parent our children differently. Mm. And that's a process of deconstructing your ideas around parenthood. That's just a natural part of the life cycle and moving forward and aging and getting older. Yeah, I, I really just think that it's it's a natural part of being a human. Mm. And so in, in a specific Christian context, mm-hmm. um, when we're talking about deconstruction, we're talking about either by choice or by circumstance or something has happened mm-hmm. that has caused someone to, to reevaluate the fundamentals of their life, yeah, um, the fundamentals of their faith mm-hmm. or of their uh, Christian belief. Yeah. And it starts a process where you have to start sorting through beliefs and practices. Yeah. You know, these are the theologies that I have taken as truth. These are the things that I have seen. These are the things that I've experienced. And I have to look at them again through a kind of critical lens. How much of this is cultural? How much of this is practical? How much of this is inherited? How much of this is, you know, all of these questions mm. about this is what we say we believe. What's that actually mean? You know, like what's the impact of that? Yeah. Do I actually believe that? Or have I just been repeating someone else's mantra? Yeah. Do I have my own? Do these stated beliefs and these practices that we've held alongside them actually go together? Or do they actually contradict each other? Deconstruction is largely a mental exercise and an emotional exercise. Yeah. You know, it requires a, okay, what do I think about this? How do I feel about this? If I critically look at this, like it's quite a heavy brain exercise. It requires big brain thinking. Yeah. And it's not always pleasant because the thoughts and ideas in that thinking that you might come across might be things, oh, that doesn't sit well with me, but I got to wrestle with it. Yeah. Like there can be beliefs or practices that you've had that through this deconstruction process, you realize that you've been hurting people or you've been judging people harshly based on a set of beliefs that actually you no longer want to hold on to. And that's a hard thing to come to terms with. And so we've got that. That's deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Yep. In a nutshell, it's quite a big nutshell. It's anyway, there's this thing. Um, <laughs> yep. And then with our other hand, we hold prayer and contemplative practices. Mm-hmm. So the easiest one to understand perhaps is the idea of prayer. Yeah. Talking to God, meditating, inviting God into spaces. Mm-hmm. These are these kind of contemplative sitting in the word, you know, reading the Bible, sitting in the garden with the Bible shut and just letting God speak to you. Lectio Divina. Mm-hmm. Now, those are examples of contemplative practices. Yes. The idea behind the contemplative practice is to clear your mind, is to rest your soul in a way that invites God to speak. Some people might not like that definition, but that's that's kind of, I think, the best way I have to describe it, mm-hmm. is this idea of like, let's put aside the busy, let's put, a, put aside the big brain mm-hmm. and go, hey, God, I would like to sit and rest and wait on your revelation. Yeah, I'm here and I'm listening. And these two things, contemplation and deconstruction, mm-hmm. feel like they can actually be, I don't know the word. At odds? Separated? At odds. Yeah. Because one of them is requiring us to critically think, hey, is this what I believe? Is this what I think? Is this inherited belief? Is this inherited structure of belief? Is, is it? 
me? Does it reflect what I believe? Mm-hmm. And over here we have the, God, just let me just speak into this. I'd okay. love to hear from you. And so the question, where does prayer and contemplation, where does the supernatural, where does the higher power that is God, where does that sit in amongst deconstruction? Mm. Is quite a big ask because yeah. if you just look at them surface level, actually they might not connect. I think that actually they need to be intertwined for us to allow God to speak into taking off whatever pictures we have in our brain mm. of them and allowing them to speak themselves into us their own way. Mm. But that's hard. If your practice of prayer is something that you need to deconstruct, then there's going to be a little while where you can't do it the old way, but you haven't learned any new ways yet. A, a great example, we talk about mountaintop experiences mm-hmm. and we talk about camps or worship experiences where people feel the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Right? And that yeah. is an experience that is deeply moving, deeply spiritual. At the same time, uh, as we maybe start to deconstruct some of that stuff, we have the part of our brain where we start to pull it apart, mm-hmm. where we start to go, oh, well, yes, I did feel God at this space, but... Did I only feel God because of the music and the smoke machine? Yeah, like one of the things we do in those spaces is try to create spaces where it's easier for people to connect with God. Mm. And the big brain part of that starts to go, okay, well, you did these things to create an emotional response from people. Mm -hmm. So did God speak into that? Or Or was that a man-made experience? Or was that a man-made experience? And the question of, well, both? Both. Like for this, I really like the concept of thin spaces, mm-hmm. which comes to us through the Celtic monastic traditions. And it's this idea that there are places where the distance between the human and the divine just, there seems to be less of a gap. The space is thin, so we can communicate and feel God more closely. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea that these thin spaces, can be found everywhere. They can be found on your favorite riverside walk, or they can be found in the top of a parking building at midnight as you're walking out from work, or they can be found in a cathedral. And yes, a cathedral is a man-made thing. It's a collection of stones and stained glass that is designed to bring about a feeling of awe and wonder and splendor, but that doesn't make the space any less thin just because it's been man-made and created by man to help us feel that. Yep. And it's, it's recognizing that those thin spaces are sometimes made by human effort because we want to connect with God. But we can also go out and find them in places that aren't man-made if we're feeling like we need to get away from man-made interference with our own spiritual journey. So for this feeling of discontent, that can come with having only had those experiences in those man-made thin places. My answer to that would be to advise people to go out and find their own not man-made thin places, Mm. or if they're man-made, man-made in a different way. Like that, the example of a car park earlier was my own. Like I really feel connected with God on the top floor of multi-level car parks in the middle of the night. I don't know why. That's just somewhere that I connect with God. Mm. And plenty of other people have equally weird places that they connect with God. That have become thin places for them. For them. Yeah. Yeah. And that those are those are personal and individual to us. 
the thin place is a place for experience mm. rather than reason. Yeah. If you're familiar with the Wesleyan quadrilateral, we'll just leave that there. The idea of reason and experience are big parts of what, what make up theology. And what make up our own understanding of how we interact with God. And those two things can feel like, you know, use reason to explain our experience or use experience to push out reason. To push out reason. Mm-hmm. And the tension is is wrestling with the two of them. You know, this when we talk Wesleyan quadrilateral, we also talk about scripture and tradition. Mm-hmm. But the four of these things make up our theological beliefs. Yeah. I'm specifically focusing on experience and reason because I think when we talk about deconstruction, mm. the art of deconstruction is the art of applying reason to reason and experience and scripture and tradition all together. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what deconstruction is. But we think about it mostly in terms of reason. Yeah. We think of it mostly in terms of the critical lens where we need to actually think about, well, what does that actually mean? This is what I've said, I believe. What does it actually mean? And I think that idea of holding it alongside experience is really important. And there's the space that we need to give ourselves to let the divine speak to let God as they are reveal themselves to us and not push aside reason, you know, not use the the concept of a spiritual to put aside our own rational brain, but to hold them together. Yeah. And this concept of prayer and contemplation, these practices are the invitation from God for us to connect with them. Mm. These practices are a pathway. And they're also a way for us to lean into tradition, but in a way that we can hold on to freshly. Mm. Because another huge part of deconstruction is almost throwing tradition entirely out and examining each part that you're going to bring back in as, you know, why do we do this? What is this for? Where does this come from? And so knowing that there's 2,000 years worth of contemplative tradition of ways that you individually can consider and connect with the Spirit of God as a way to dip your toes back into tradition without necessarily feeling like you need to hold on to all of the parts that might actually be hurting. I am fascinated by the idea of like what does modern monasticism look like? Mm. What is a modern monk? Yeah. What is a way of being in the modern world that isn't removing ourselves from society? that isn't abandoning life as we know it, but putting in these spaces to keep us seeking and connected into Mm. the higher power that is God. Yeah. You know, the idea that there is a spiritual loving being outside of the world we see and that there's invitation to connect with God in that space without putting aside what we wrestle with in the modern day. Yeah, what we what we need to do to go about our daily lives. Because I think about the places like monasteries, mm. and they were places of learning, of higher education, mm-hmm. of reason, and that idea of of a modern day monk who goes and finds a space to sit in a park mm. and just hear from God. I think there's some massive beauty in that. Yeah, I think when there's a really big issue that you're wondering about or wrestling about or deconstructing, one of the easiest ways to give yourself the space to process that is to go and sit in a thin space with God 
and give the issue to them because they will help you to wrestle with and to understand that in a way that is true to their nature yeah. and help bring you closer to them in the process. That question, what is the place mm. or where is the place for prayer and contemplative worship and mm. reflective practice amongst deconstruction, I think the answer is everywhere. Where is the place? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Recognizing, though, that there is a intellectual barrier sometimes between the ability to reason and deconstruct and then the ability to sit down and try to put that stuff out of your brain for a moment to let God speak. Mm. That's not a natural space that most people that I know can just flick a switch and move between. Yeah. The place for prayer and contemplation and connection with God as something more than what's in our everyday life, it's intentional. The place for it is is not accidental. There needs to be a decision made needs to be that a that's decision. what you yeah, want. It. It's a, do I want God to be part of my deconstruction and part of the outcome here, or am I actually stepping away and outside of my relationship with God? It's not to say that there aren't accidental spaces. Yeah. It's not to say that there aren't places that, in amongst your busy, God won't step into and reveal themselves and reveal their character. It does happen. And sometimes God is quite assertive mm. in that way. But I think the place for prayer and contemplation mm. is the discipline and the invitation to make it intentional. Yeah. To intentionally step out and go, okay, I've been God, I've been carrying this, I've been I've been big braining this. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been wrestling with all this stuff. I might just need to put it down put it down over here. And go find a hill, go find a park, go find a car park. Yep. And just sit in that space and be like, God, hi. Hello, I'm here. Sup. Sup. Because I think that's a different space than asking God in the big brain mm. to reveal themselves and their answers. Yeah. You know, it's a different space than asking God to come and help fix the problem, to help reveal the truth. It's the difference between asking a friend to sit with you Mm. and asking a friend for advice. And we're really good at asking God for advice. It's the discipline to ask God to sit with us yeah, and just share some of who they are with us. And the combination of the two. And the combination of the two, yeah. yeah. I hope that as you continue about your week, maybe you have a think about what some of those thin spaces might be for you. There might be some man-made ones. There might be some natural ones around you. There might be some that are unique to you and you don't want to share with anyone else because they might think they're weird. We invite you to spend some time in those this coming week. So until next time, take a deep breath. Drink more water. Know that you are loved. And have a great day. Bye. Do we need to change our practices or our beliefs to align with each other? Did you try again? What was that? That was, um, I accidentally pushed the Siri button on my watch. Huh. Stop it. I'm not talking I'm to you, sorry. Siri. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry too. <laughs>
I'm sorry. Okay. You, you go over there and May, be sorry. It's where fine. Where were you? You were in the middle of a thought. I was. That was a good <laughs> thought. And my watch was just like, hey, 